Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Krieger. Today I'm talking to you about infidelity, but from the perspective of the, che- the person who cheated, I'm titling this The Tangled Web, The Emotional Turmoil of the Cheater. We know and I've talked at length about the pain of the, inf- the person who committed, uh, the person who's the victim of infidelity, the person who's the victim of betrayal. And I have talked about effects of cheating, but I wanted to talk about it again, maybe a little bit more specific, more updated. Uh, there is, um, there's a lot of myths about cheaters. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Cheaters don't love, cheaters don't care. Uh, those kinds of things, which, you know, I'm not saying that that's never true. There are people that are narcissistic or sociopathic, and they really don't have the capacity to really care. They don't have remorse or guilt, but that's a minority. The great majority of people who commit infidelity have uh, a lot of layers and complex feelings and experiences and conflicts about what's been happening or what has happened in the past but regarding their cheating. And, of course, even a greater majority of the people that come see me are really feeling awful about it and want to do everything they can to help heal and they feel terrible about what they did to their partner. So what is, uh, what is the internal conflict? What is the emotional turmoil that's experienced by the person who cheated? In my practice of, that I've done for many years with hundreds and thousands of people who committed infidelity, is oftentimes that they are tremendously conflicted because the part of them that cheated is different than the part of them that feels terrible about what they did, the part of them that would like to be uh, an open, honest, transparent partner. And this points to a lot of what I talk about and many people that work with trauma understand is that we're made up of parts, whether we've been traumatized or not, even though we all have had some trauma in our life in some ways. But we all, the central concept is we're made up of different parts of us. I'll give you an example of that. There's, there's parts of us that are adult and mature. Uh, I am, for example, a man in my 30s. No, I'm just kidding. I thought I'd fool you, but I think my beard gave it away. So I'm a person in my 60s, and I actually act uh, like a mature adult sometimes. But there are parts of times when I'll act in ways like, oh, what the heck was that? Or somebody else will say that. And it's because there's a part of me that isn't so mature. There's a part of me that uh, may be younger. Maybe when I'm in a talk with my wife and I get reactive or defensive um, or I say something mean. We all have that. We want to, of course, manage it so that they don't run the show, especially in, in our marriages. 
But in life, in, in our work life, right? If you go to work, there might be a party that wants to be a good worker, but there's a party that doesn't really want to work at all, especially in one particular day. There might be um, a part of you that uh, wants to do your work and be diligent, and there's a party that wants to goof off. So there's lots of ways to look at parts, but there's also in terms of uh, the parts of us that are adult versus younger. Uh, there's parts of us that are more dependent than other parts of us. A lot of times, especially men in the society, do not really put out their dependent sides, but we're all dependent. All of us are. Men, women, all genders are uh, are dependent as well. We came into this world dependent. So we have these dependent parts is my point. Uh, so we have these different parts of us. So coming back to the person who cheated, there's a part of that person who uh, who cheated that I, my job as a therapist is to help them get to know this part of them that cheated. So this part of them that cheated did it for some reason. Everything we do and everything we avoid doing is for some reason. And we need to try to understand what that reason is. I'm not giving an excuse. I'm not saying it's okay. It's not okay. It's very injurious to their partner and as, as I'm talking about today, even to themselves. So uh, there's the part that is uh, feeling terrible at what they did. They're, they're, they're angry at themselves. They feel guilt. They feel shame. They feel regret. They are oftentimes concerned about what their partner thinks of them. They might be concerned about others think of them if others have found out. Children, adult children, parents, friends. It's difficult. There might be another part of them that just you know felt justified, maybe angry. Because, of course, that's, that's never good. It's never, ever a good reason to cheat. Never. But I'm just saying we need to understand that there's parts of them that might have, at least in the moment, felt justified in cheating. So um, there can be quite a lot of turmoil, emotional turmoil, that the cheater feels. The cheater may also uh, now be forced, maybe this is a positive in, in, the, in the negative of, of this all, to face some of their insecurities, some of their other issues, what they were looking for, that they weren't getting in their marriage. Maybe it was impossible to get what they needed from their partner. Because, you know, for example... Uh, I'm kind of moving into this section of what are some of the factors that contribute to the decision to, to, to betray their partner. Let's say you have a person who was never, never, who had a mom who never gave them attention, never gave them full attention. And then you finally you meet your partner and your partner is wonderful and gives you more attention than you ever had in your life. But then your partner and you decide to have a child or two and you start having some children, 
and your partner can't give their attention to you all the time. You know, it's exhausting, it's tiring, maybe they're working too, there's a lot going on, so they can't give you that full attention. Well, it's not so much the adult part of you, but it might be the child part of you that gets triggered. The child part that didn't get what he needed from his mom, where he needed to be the central part of her attention and she wasn't able to do it. Now he's projecting that need onto his wife, which he shouldn't, but he is because that's what we do. I mean, she isn't the mother. She is a wife who has, uh, who loves him, but also has children to take care of, work to do, whatever. And so in this example, uh, where I'm obviously, in this example, the man is cheating, but we may have plenty of clients where the woman does the cheating. But in this example, um, he, um, the child part of him, the young part of him um, takes over, hijacks his system. And, and maybe somebody gives him attention at work and he goes off and has an emotional affair, maybe an emotional followed by a physical affair. And we're not blaming the partner. In this example, for, for, in particular, the, the, the wife is human and only could do so much. And if he didn't have that developmental lack when he was younger, he might, be, he might have been able to kind of metabolize this temporary time of partial neglect. So um, this, uh, this is definitely one of the factors that contributes to a person's decision. If a person, if a, if a partner is, has been very hard on himself, I'm using the man again as an example just for language sake, and then his partner doesn't compliment him because he's, he's also sidetracked and busy, and then suddenly this other person starts to give him all kinds of compliments, Again, if he didn't have the developmental lack when he was younger, he might be able to metabolize this temporary lack of complimenting or maybe even communicate to his wife that he would like that from her. But because the younger part of him takes over, the part of him that had developmental lack and deficits, he just goes off and does that. So I, I'm, I'm bringing all this up because this is what I see. I see it over and over and over again, over and over and over again. Can't argue with what I see over and over and over again, that there's oftentimes some developmental deficit that's behind a lot of this. So that also contribu contributes to the layering of the conflict that the person is experiencing. It's, he's, he's feeling like, why did I do it? When he's coming from his adult part, because he's looking at this younger part that's, that's not how he's experiencing now. How could I ever do such a thing? But he did it because of something that was felt very real to him. Are there relationship factors that can, can contribute to someone cheating? Of course, but I'm not saying cheating is justifiable. That's where we need to go seek a therapist. That's where we need to go seek a therapist and do couples work possibly. You know, um, there are many things we could do other than infidelity. So, there can be some relationship factors that contribute to the emotional distress of the uh, cheating partner. There could be other factors. I've, I've seen people uh, start to cheat and it has absolutely nothing to do with their partner. They, they were maybe having a job where they were well validated and then suddenly things changed and suddenly they weren't validated and it brings up all their old stuff of I'm not enough. And they go out and have to go prove themselves again with somebody new, some part of them needed to, needed to uh, prove that they're good enough. And so they go to make a conquest. And that's not all of that partner, but it's a part of that partner. 
So, because of the different parts that we all have, that can lead to the person who betrayed to have guilt and shame and regret. A lot of, uh, a, a lot of that is dominating him or her when they're in their adult place, when they're looking at their partner goes, what have I done? What have I done? So, what, what do you do? What is the process of, uh, of this uh, untangling this tangled web? Uh, I think it's near impossible to do without a therapist. It's near impossible to do without some kind of program. Uh, like, uh, you know, I am a therapist and I do have uh, a program, uh, Healing Infidelity from the Inside Out. If you're hearing this sooner than later, it's not quite out, but it's coming out soon. Well, maybe by the time you hear this, it is out. But you need something to help you understand the complexities and how you could stop doing things that perpetuate the pain and start doing things that help heal. Staying angry at yourself as the person who cheated really doesn't do much for the other person or for you. I mean, sure, the other person, the betrayed person, has parts too and may not be a part of them that wants you to suffer, and that is understandable. But there's another part of that person usually that doesn't want you to suffer, that just is tired of suffering themselves. And so what I'm lending myself to in this is that there's an importance of ultimate forgiveness, which doesn't happen immediately. It takes time. It takes communication. But it's also, since I'm talking from the perspective of the person who cheated, it does take at some point self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness um, it's difficult because it's complex and difficult because you're around somebody who's getting triggered and who's not going to heal on your timeline. And so you need part of your ability to self-forgive, self-forgive has to happen at the same time as making room for the other person who's not ready to forgive you. And self-forgiveness comes with self-understanding. And it comes from doing the work of working on the part of parts that did cheat. It's not a free ride. You have to earn your own self-forgiveness by working on you, by making commitments, and also by making room for the other person to heal on their own, on their own pace. Now, um, self-forgiveness comes, like I said, from self-understanding, from recognizing this idea of parts. And ultimately, even though it's a terrible thing, infidelity, there is a journey of uh, personal growth and transformation that can happen after infidelity. Now, we call it post-traumatic growth. And in this case, using the language I've been talking about for this, for this uh, talk I'm giving, it's integration. It's integration of the different parts so that the parts that had you cheating is not split off from the more healthy adult parts, the parts that consider the other person that can think in terms of two you and your partner not just you so these parts can integrate and this can happen through your own personal self-awareness your growth you're working on yourself you're listening if you end up breaking up with the person the person breaks up with you which happens with infidelity right your your process needs to continue you don't stop the process because you lost the partner you still need to heal you need to have your personal growth. You need to have your self-forgiveness that comes with self-awareness and a willingness to continue to work through. And so you become a better version of yourself. 
I mean, that is what's really important here. A better version of yourself is maybe the most important thing that we all could do. And for some people, we go through a certain crisis to get there. And for some, the crisis is infidelity. So I just wanted to say all that, keep all that in mind. Um, I, I hope these words can help you think about your situation or your partner's situation in a different way. And know that there's help, that you uh, probably going to have a very hard time doing this on your own because we have our own strategies of defense that keep us from doing that. So oftentimes we need another person, a group, a training program, whatever, all of the above. And uh, I hope you seek it if you need it. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.